Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 Sure Look at Ben. This week we have had a new trailer for June which I pronounce as June, and we won't be having it any other way. We've also been seen and watched and partaken in the social and political tinderbox that is the new Masters of the Universe revelations. <laughs> and, Ben, we've seen a few other things, but that's all I can remember at the moment. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough for you. Have you ever, have you ever been watching a... Have you ever been watching a Marvel film and got a distinct taste of boot polish in your mouth? Maybe like someone uh, oh. was mm, licking some boots, maybe? Mm, oh, I don't some, usually some... do those things at the same time, Ben. <laughs> don't usually do that. Well, Michael, Michael, you and a few other people don't usually do that at the same time. But sure, look, sure, listen, we're going to be taking a look at whether Marvel films in the MCU are uh, military propaganda, Michael. Oh, oh, Benjamin. Yeah. Just be quiet for a moment. We've seen the trailer for June. Yes. And it looks like it's going to be the film of the book June. <laughs> what gave that away, my I, I I don't know what else there is to say about it other than it looks like it's going to be based on the book June, which I have read multiple times and seen many adaptations of. Uh, it looks like a fairly uh, fairly true to form adaptation, Michael. It does. Um, it does look quite. It's interesting that uh, it would appear that their biggest star is Zendaya, the actress Zendaya. Which I don't know if that's true, Michael. Timothy Chalamet, he's big. Timothy Chalamet is quite small, actually, as a man, but quite big as a star. Yes, he's got he's got that star power, Michael. But the character that Zendaya plays, Ben, both in the book and in the original, the, the not the original, the the David Lynch version of June, not a huge character. And I've read rumblings from Zendaya herself that she filmed for like two or three days. Um, I mean, that wouldn't shock me. She's in the book, Michael. Unfortunately, she kind of falls under the classic um, damsel motivation kind of thing for the for the hero. There's there's no real uh, gumption to her. There's, she gets one interesting scene where she's a big tough brawler in the book, Michael. But mm. it's at the behest of Paul. It's you know. Yeah, well, well, the thing is, the book isn't about characters. Let's be honest. No, it's about the, world building. Michael. It's about concepts. Yeah, it's yeah. about concepts and cultures and and yeah, not characters. So, no. I mean, Paul, the the ostens the 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 ostens the the the, the ostensive. You know what I'm trying to say, Ben? The lead. Yeah, Paul, the optometrist. The yeah. optometrist. Yeah, Paul, he's barely a character either. Let's be he honest. isn't. He's a conduit. He's, he's a conduit just, for concepts. Yeah, he's just. Everyone's just concepts. Everyone's just concepts in human form. Everyone's excited about Gurney Halleck, for example. I think. Do you know why? I think Gurney Halleck is the character with the most personality in the book. Mm. Um, I think we get the best sense of who Gurney Halleck is. He at least has a decent amount of motivation outside of some kind of monarchist wet dream where you're like, oh, I serve House Atreides. And Gurney Halleck is like, no, I just don't like Harkins, and I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna just, fuck him up. <laughs> he's, he's kind of the Michael Collins of um, of the book June. 
is. Yeah. He's just a scrappy Michael Collins who yeah. plays a banjo. Um, Benjamin. It looks yeah. good, though. It, look, it, it does. does look it good. Looks... I mean, everything that the Divi New has ever touched has looked incredible and being a, bit, being a bit boring and intellectual. Yes, Dennis Villeneuve makes a good film, Michael. Um, he makes very good films, Ben. I don't think Denis Villeneuve has ever made a bad film, Ben. But you could argue that he doesn't make a terribly exciting and fast-paced film. He doesn't make... It, it's funny, he's given blockbuster budget and he usually fails to deliver that blockbuster vibe because he's more focused on... Yes, but what if it was a good film? <laughs> what if it was... What if, what if I... Uh, well, well hello, hello, I am from Canada. My name is Denis Villeneuve. What if I made it a good film? You went strangely Nigerian. In, no, that's in my Canadian accent. That's how, I, that's how I believe Canadians speak. What if I made it a good film? That uh, I am from. I am from Quebec. You sound like you're from Captain Phillips, where you're telling Tom Hanks who's in charge now. But anyway, no, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Man. I don't know if that reflects well on you or. Captain Phillips himself. <laughs> I don't know if it reflects well on anybody, to be honest, Michael. That's really the nature of this podcast at this point, Michael. I'm not sure it reflects well on anybody. It doesn't reflect well on uh, anyone, exactly. Um, look, it's got... Uh, I have a few notes here, Michael, and you can oh. see them there on the on the, on the the board. I, I think it has the scale, Michael, of mm-hmm. an old kind of Hollywood film. Your your bloody Cleopatra's, your bloody oh. Ben-Hur's. Um, now, obviously, that's a lot easier to achieve today... Um, with the old with the old computer generated imagery, yes, but it it seems to be going for. I feel like it's going to be a long one, Michael. I feel like it's a strap in film. It's going to be a classic Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, and I think we're going to be treated to many long stares over muted <laughs> landscapes, desert landscapes. And yep, yep. I'm not. Sure. I'm. The fight scenes look damn good, though. I don't know what exactly is going on. It looks like they're hologram fighting. I think it's they're taking the shield technology. They're yeah, the vibro Yeah, they're taking it a different way to um, what's his face David Lynch did. Yeah. What, so what happened in the Lynch films? Because I've never seen the the David Lynch in the, ones. In the Lynch ones, Ben, the, if if you remember the book, they have the weirding way, which is a kind of martial art, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they kind of they kind of feel out their opponent's moves, uh, and they're like, "Hey, baby, and the, show me your weak point." <laughs> and he decided that instead that that would become an arm-mounted blaster of some sort. Oh right, yeah, and it was very odd. And the whole point in the book about the shields is they stop high-velocity impacts, but if you were to use, let's say, a high-powered laser to shoot someone with that shield, it might just not go through. Or it might explode and kill you both with the force of a nuclear detonation. Yeah, so it's mutually assured destruction, yeah. probably brought on by Frank Herbert's anxiety around bloody uh, yeah. the looming nuclear war. Exactly. <laughs> um, so instead, yeah. everyone fights each other with knives slowly. Give a little exactly West Side and Story it style. Like, it looks like they've shimmy. gone back towards that again. It, one of the one of the big issues in futuristic science fiction is always trying to contrive reasons for people to sword fight. <laughs> Yeah, you, you just have to do it. You have <laughs> to do tough. it, and it's funny because we never really need a contrivance to have nineteen forty style aerial dogfights in space in sci fi. Everyone just kind of accepts that, but you have to come yeah, up. With, you have to come up with some sort of compelling reason why people will be having sword fights if there's a laser that can shoot you from space instead. I think I think one of the one of the great tragedies of of you know sci-fi prediction back in the day is they didn't really do a lot of work with drones and if you were to have space fights dogfights as you said probably just be a bunch of drones they'd be bunch fleets of drones, of drones yeah. having a go at each other 
Because you, you, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't need a skilled pilot in the vacuum of space. Stargate Star did that quite a lot. Did they? They did indeed, yes. Did they now? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, tickle me pink and 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 call me Barney. That's I won't, uh, Benjamin. I won't we'll keep go. our relationship purely platonic. Purely platonic. Good. Um, look, I'm going to watch it, Michael. I'm going to go see it. Uh, cinemas might be open again by the time we get to go see it. Cinemas are open now, Ben, uh, because we're going to have to face this decision down next week when the Suicide Squad comes out. Oh yeah. Oh. The Suicide Squad is out next week, Ben. I'm partially vaccinated now, Michael, so I feel. I feel very exciting. Very it exciting, is very ben. exciting. I very don't. exciting. I, I have to say, though, yeah. one of the things that I'm most excited about the Suicide Squad, and I'm really honestly starting to believe that directors have more influence over this than we think they do, Okay, is we know nothing about what's going on in the Suicide Squad. That's the best part, Michael, because I think we've we a fairly great idea. About what's going on? What's going on, Ben? Is there a Starro? Is Starro the main villain, or and they're going to face him down, or is Starro a joke villain from the start, from the first ten minutes? Because could be defeat him and get on with things, or are you know is is that scene with Harley Quinn where they go rescue Harley? Is that just going to be the introduction to the character, or is that going to be the main plot? And I talk about this nearly any time, Ben, I get a chance. Is what that reminds me of is Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where we knew yeah. Ego was going to be in it, and we knew broadly that Mantis was going to be there, and we knew which new characters were going to be there, but we had no idea where it was going. No, we didn't. Not the slightest hint, and that seems to be true also of whatever Suicide Squad is called now. The Suicide the Squad. The Suicide Squad. And I think... I think old Jamie G might have a bit more influence over it than we than we've been led to believe directors do. I feel like Jamie G walks into rooms and he's like, "Look, guys, you either want me to make this or you don't." Yeah, <laughs> um, or I'm out. Give me, give me the, give me the advertising rights or uh, get get fucked. <laughs> um, mm. I don't, I don't think DC has a very strong bargaining position anymore. They're like, ah. Oh, do we want a no, good film like, from a tried and tested guy who knows what he's save doing? Save us, or, James Gunn! <laughs> we save just get us, Zach please. back in. Um, oh, no. Like, oh, I find it so interesting. Like, there's, there was a little bit this week, Michael, about um, Black Adam and The Rock. Mm. And, you know, I think, I think The Rock has come out and said, you know, this is going to set a whole new direction for the for the DC cinematic universe. And I was like... They don't have a DC cinematic universe. What do you, like, what do you mean a whole new direction? They need a direction. Um, mm. I, I just... It, Maybe if, they mean, Ben. Maybe by a whole new direction, what they mean is any, literally any direction. Literally any direction other than down. Um, mm. I, I think, unfortunately, Shazam is going to get a, a good old uh, dose of seriousness injected into it. It looks that way from the new costume designs to the fact that Black Adam is involved. Um, ah, ah. Are they just going to make it all dark and serious again, Michael? Dark and serious is the way to go, Benjamin. No, it's not. No, it's not. Mm. Um, Michael, speaking of things that have gotten dark and serious. <clears throat> oh, very clever. You and I have been yes. watching some television. We have indeed, Benjamin. Well, this is the thing, right, Ben? All sources point to the fact that Masters of the Universe Revelations is out on Netflix now. Yes, I only found it through the sheer um, the sheer stroke of luck of actually going into Netflix and then it, it came up as, I was like, oh, that's out. <laughs> it didn't, 
Benjamin, it didn't even show up in my Netflix. I still can't guarantee you that it's released, that it's out in Netflix in Ireland and the UK. I think it might not be. Oh, it's definitely out in the UK. Is it? Yes. Are you sure? Are you sure you haven't used a VPN or a proxy to access (laughs) Netflix USA or something like that? No, definitely out in the UK. Don't know about Ireland. Hmm. It does. It's it's not on my Netflix, is what I'm saying. Oh, ben, I have had to. I have. I have had to had. I have had to use a VPN or proxy a to vipin. pretend that I'm in another country to watch it, and it's oh, very yeah. confusing because everything on the internet says it was out on Friday, but I couldn't watch it. That's that's also happened with Gunpowder Milkshake, Michael, which I didn't realize. Gunpowder Milkshake is released in the UK as well, but I'm not certain it's on. Irish Netflix. Gunpowder yeah. Milkshake is very much not on Irish Netflix. Yeah, I don't know so what's I... going on, Benjamin. Having said that, though, Ben, I did watch Gunpowder Netflix the other day, and I have to say Gunpowder I was not Netflix. as impressed by it as you were. Ah, I wasn't a huge fan of Gunpowder Milkshake. I thought oh, no. it was. I actually thought it was quite weak, to be honest. I thought uh-huh. uh, it was. Uh, I thought it was. Um, it was all over the place tonally. It was very slow. It is very, very slow. Very very slow, and. Um, I thought the fight scenes were pretty poorly choreographed and um, Karen Gillan just didn't convince me in that role. She was so, it was all gangly Gillan, unfortunately. A lot of the time it looked like she was really struggling to do it. And then it became really apparent when they had Michelle Yeoh fighting. It was like, ah, Who's an old she knows pro. how to do it. Yeah. She, know, she knows what's going on. Anyway, we're not here to talk about bloody uh, gunpowder milkshake. We're t- talking about Lena Headley being in everything. Lena Headley is in everything. She's in everything, Ben. Everything. Her and Kit Harrington, two people who survived Game of Thrones and nobody else. Uh, although Liam <laughs> think, Cunningham. Um, Liam Cunningham. Liam Cunningham's doing all right as well. So is um, so's old Emily Clark. She's doing fine. There's, is she? Uh, lots of rumours of Emily Clark replacing Amber Heard in, in Aquaman. What's going yeah, on now? I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, that'd I'd, be fine. I'd watch that replacement. Yeah, that'd be um, absolutely. You're fine. arguably also that. getting a better actor. Um, oh, it, no, oh, even yeah. from the it, take, taking the taking the the behind the scenes stuff away from it, you're arguably <laughs> recasting Amber Heard means you get a better performance. Oh, um, I don't know if um, if Emily Emily Clark has ever been accused of hitting Johnny Depp. Uh, Ash, look, there's time yet. Um, <laughs> there's plenty of time. <laughs> there's there's time yet. Benjamin, let's talk about Masters of the Universe. What are we um, doing? Right, well, do you want to start with a good old... Well, let's give you the premise. The premise is um, yeah. <clears throat> Masters of the Universe Revelations Part 1. Now, this is a six-episode... Um, it's Sorry, a five-episode um, l- uh, block that's been released now, and we're going to get Part 2 in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks, in a couple of months, I don't couple know. A couple of months. Um, When's assume, Ireland going to get it? I don't assume, know about it. Uh, ah, probably not. It's probably not going to get it. Sure, we'll, we'll take a little jaunt up to, to Northern Ireland and we'll, we'll oh, very good. Uh, watch it up there in a pub. On our in phones. a pub with our vaccination <laughs> passports. <laughs> um, very good. So the, the premise is very, very simple, Michael. Um, what if the original series of He-Man um, and the Masters of the Universe continued... Mm. <laughs> that's that's the the bones of the premise. Except then, what if you got an edgy director from the nineties to give it a little tweak and and uh, mm. a, a little a little growing up? Mm. Um, perhaps your characters would say something incredibly anachronistic, like "Oh bollocks!" That or, was very strange. Or "No glove, no love." 
Very strange indeed, Ben. Very, Very strange, strange anachronisms. Yeah. Um, I don't so, know if anachronisms is right, though, because I think He-Man is set now. Uh, just in Eternium? Yeah, it's not um, It's not anachronistic. It's just odd. It's just <laughs> it's an odd it's, thing to say. It's just, it's just weird okay, tones. Let's, let's, um, let's take that. Let's, let's run with that, Ben. Yeah. Because first of all, who is this for? I who don't know. Who is this for? I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for. I don't, Ben, I don't know who it's for because it's, it's 22 minute episodes. It's like Saturday yeah. morning cartoon length. Yes. Um, it he- features heavily the design, character designs and backstory of the 1980s cartoon. Yeah, so we get loads of these kind of things. We we have uh, Scareglow, we have mm. Mossman, we have yeah. Merman. Um, everyone's there. Everyone's there. Beast, what's his name again? Man. Be- yeah, Be- man. Yeah, it's, okay. Yeah. Just say man. <laughs> just even down to, uh, Triclops is there, who Triclops, isn't yeah. I-Man for some reason. Um, Triclops man. Bloody, um, but they're all there, and they all use their dorky powers in the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're all there, right? So it's got all of your characters, but it is also still a 22-minute cartoon. It, it took me back initially to the the 2002 reboot of Masters of the Universe, He-Man yeah. and the Masters of the Universe. And I was like, okay, I see what we're doing here. Um, we're doing a soft reboot this, it, rather than a complete reboot as last yeah. time. We're doing a soft reboot, and it's aimed at both kids and people nostalgic for the original. But then, Michael... But then... <laughs> that one, tone shifts radically and no child should watch this. Everyone starts saying shit. Everyone starts saying bollocks. Everyone starts <laughs> killing each other. What is that about? But it's also not... It's not invincible. It's but, not a grim and gritty reimagining either. Then you get the flashbacks, Michael, and it's the original Mattel show. Uh, yeah, kind of. Like there's, like we get, we get, um, we get a merman, um, throwback. Well, the, the biggest disappointment about Merman Ben was that he didn't speak like this. <laughs> yeah, they got Kevin Conroy, the man with the best enunciation in all they of them. They got Batman to be Merman, <laughs> and he should have been like, "I'm going to throw you under the sea." Um, so that was disappointing. Um, Michael, let's do let's do full spoilers here. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yes, <clears throat> full spoilers. Yeah, you ready? If you don't want spoilers, spoilers, go make a cup of tea on your broiler. There you go. <laughs> that's that's today's broiler is what Americans call a grill. Ben, you wouldn't make a cup of tea on a grill. That would be insanity. Yeah, you Benjamin. also wouldn't listen to this podcast, so I think we're fine. Yeah, that would, that would also be insanity, <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, go on. So wait, we're going back to who is this for, right? Yeah. So. It's not it's it's not like the 2002 reboot which is no. which was for kids and adults with a bit of nostalgia. Yep. This one is very much not for kids because everyone keeps dying and everyone's saying shit and bollocks. Yep. But it's also not really for nostalgic He-Man fans. No, it gives you a big ben, middle finger. <laughs> straight away is like, well that He-Man guy He's a fucking gobshite. Let's get rid of him. That was a ser- like that. That happens repeatedly. It's incredible. Um. So I suppose the big, the big thing is that we saw ninety percent of the ninety percent of the trailers that we've seen, Michael, are made from episode one. Mm, um, from the first twenty minutes of episode. From one. the first twenty minutes of episode one, because what we get, Michael, is uh, the death of He Man and Skeletor. Mm, mm. 
I believe it's pronounced Skellingthor. Oh, Skellingthor, sorry. Mm. Um, apologies to anybody out there of a Scandinavian background. Mm. Um, Skellingthor, yeah. So uh, that's a very interesting choice, first of all, Michael. The cojones that takes to take the two characters that are all of the memes, all yeah. of the, the nostalgia, the, arguably, like, the, the, they're just the yin and yang of the show and just be like, yeah, nah, yeah. go make it about that's Tila. Good. Come make it about Tila because she's a strong female lead. And <laughs> no, but see, this is the danger, right? This is this Go is on. the danger. This is the Go danger, on. and we always come back to this. What's the danger? This is nothing to do. I don't actually mind this show. Okay, right. I don't yeah. think this is the worst thing ever created. Right. Some but I do. don't see why it has to be He Man. <laughs> like. Oh, Ben, I, welcome to your middle ages. I've been racking my brains thinking about this show all fucking weekend because I, I mean, the art style is great. The characters yes, are, it's the characters really, are really good. The yeah, magic is cool. The magic like, is cool. The, the different characters getting their abilities is cool. Yeah, I even like, like the kind of concept. Cool. I, I like the concept of what is the world of Eternia without without Superman, I nearly said, without, um, without He-Man and without magic yeah. and, you know, what's going on there. But... Um, it's a bit shite. It's a bit, it's a bit shite, yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to be there. Everyone's gone into mad cults. But yeah. um, the choice of making it the Tila show and people only really getting wind of that on the very last trailer and going, wait a minute, I think we've been hoodwinked here. <laughs> and yeah, it's so really pissed people off. It's quite funny how, pissed, how pissed off people are about this. It has. There's there's a lot of aggression. His... Um, so Kevin Smith has been staunch. By the way, this is uh, to answer your earlier question, Michael. This is for Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith wanted to make this, and he just said, "I'm going to do it for me. Mm. I'm not going to do it for anybody else." And uh, screw him. Mm. Um, he's he's made a statement on this, Michael. Um, would you like me to read the statement? Uh, come on, read the statement. I'll read the other statement um, from his previous tweet last year, where he said, "I've read all of the scripts, and He Man is very much our main character." Is that the tweet you're talking about? <laughs> No, I'm I'm talking about his latest thing because he's very annoyed yeah. at the response to removing He Man from his own show. Mm. Um, it's a, so, ben, it's not called He Man. It's called Masters of the Universe. It's, it's called Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, Muggle. Um, you know. Anyway, uh, here's the statement, right? Yeah. Um, and th- this is this is ballsy again, right? Mm-hmm. He says it's been interesting seeing who truly is a hardcore fan, right? Because anybody that's like, "Oh man, that's not enough," He Man or something like that, he, uh, doesn't understand the show that we based it on. There were episodes where he lost his sword and he never became He Man. It wasn't like He Man always saved the day. His friends helped him, and that was the fucking point of the show. Mm-hmm. I see people online go, "Hey man, they're getting rid of He Man." Like, you really fucking think Mattel Television, who hired me and paid me money, wants to do fucking Masters of the Universe show without He-Man? Uh, he continued in a harsher manner. Grow the fuck up, man. Like, that blew my mind. A bunch of people being like, oh, I smell it. This is the bait and switch. So, Michael, this is such an aggressive stance for him to take. Kevin Smith is... Kevin Smith is... Uh, he's a weird dude. He's always been a weird dude. He likes courting controversy. But, it's funny... But, like, that's a middle finger to people. Like, that's that's not courting controversy. That's like, fuck you. Watch my show or get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, and like, I mean... Weird. I mean the, so, yeah, let him. That's that's his prerogative. If that's how he decides yeah. to promote his show, that's how he can promote his show. Let's let's look at it from the perspective of the art rather than the artist. Because I honestly don't really care what Kevin yeah. Smith has to say about it. Um, and it, it also doesn't bother... I was not the biggest He-Man fan growing up, Ben, anyway. 
Neither was I. I, I have no you were probably too I young. Have no childhood attachment. Yeah, I, yeah. I have somewhat of a childhood attachment to He Man, but the the fact that He Man is written out of this isn't my major issue with it. My major issue no, with it is there's... Tila is the worst character ever written on television. She's bizarre. And it all comes down to basically she has a strop that she has been lied to and that makes her the hero, basically. And the, some 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 of the jumps in logic, Michael, insanity. in this show insanity. are astounding. Um, well, I mean, Tila being the the initial one, where it's like, oh, Adam didn't tell me he was he man, so all my friends hate me, and you're like, what? Yeah, excuse me. Also, that like mother and father over there, their son just died, and you're making it all about you. You're making it all about you. <laughs> And then, like your your adopted father, man at arms, has just been threatened with exile and execution. Yeah. Like, but what? you're making it all about you because uh, nobody told you. You big selfish I, child. My my biggest issue with her, Ben, is the scene in hell in Subternia, where we find out yeah. that her only fear and her only weakness is that she's afraid of her own unlimited potential. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's special. Oh, oh my God! I can't abide. That was by this. such a strange writing choice. Oh, I see. You're truly afraid of being special. You're, you're so special, and that's the only thing that you fear is you can't accept your own specialness. Oh my God! Who is name? this for? Who is it for? It's just bad writing. I don't. I just don't know who it's for. I'm, um, um, it's getting good reviews, Ben, from modern websites basically, who are happy with having yeah, well, a strong female lead. But there's, there's nothing wrong with the strong female lead angle, but you could have made this even better with Evil Lynn. She's an interesting character, mm, sort, sort of. of. Like, again, she's a bit on the nose, mm. but she's a, she's a fuck ton better than bloody Tila. Her motivation is, oh yeah, well you see, I dedicated myself to a man who's a bit of a, a, bit of a twat. Mm. Bit of, bit of a twat and uh, now I've found myself in a world without that twat and I've had to reforge my identity mm. um, and like that's that's a lot more interesting than oh Adam lied to me boo oh boo also I'm a lesbian boo. in case you haven't noticed in case you haven't bloody noticed um, <laughs> that's also look weird at my, Ben that's also look weird look at my pixie cut yeah look at my side shave and my my friend my female friend it's like the old website the old comic the old website Ben Sappho and her friend Ben it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. If uh, they're lesbians, just be lesbians. The whole like Yeah, what's what's the harm in the that? The whole not being open about it is like it's written for kids and it's like an undercurrent that only adults will notice. But then everyone's saying bollocks and killing each other. <laughs> like uh, Who is this that, for? That, uh, I don't that, know who it's for, Ben. <laughs> that oh bollocks was the strangest moment. I was just like it took me completely out of it. I was like, What? So weird. What do you mean? Um Orko dies? Orko dies, yeah. Everyone dies. Everyone, no need. All your favourite characters die, man. Um, Moss Man. I, I, I was... Moss Man. Oh, Moss Man gets an L-Torchin at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but th- there are other gaps in logic as well, Michael. For example, when Skeletor comes back out of Evil Lynn's staff yeah. or whatever it is. He's like, hey, everybody hey, stands around I watching was... him. <laughs> I know, but that happens, <laughs> that happens two or three times. I can forgive that, to be honest, because that's just Saturday morning cartoon logic. Yeah. Where everyone's just standing around and letting Skeletor pontificate instead of giving him a big old punch. Just give him a smack. <laughs> give him a big old punch in the head. 
Mark Hamill's having a great time, at least. I um, I felt bad for Alan Oppenheimer. Uh, who's that now? Alan Oppenheimer the original. Is, is the original Skeletor, who is in this as the voice of Mossman. He got Frank Welkert. Oh. Yeah, imagine. That is sad. Imagine. The iconic voice of Skeletor gets replaced by Mark Hamill doing the Joker. Yeah, give or take. Give or take an octave. Mm. Yeah. Um... Like I, I think see, what really annoys me, Michael. We've we've attempted to write our own version of this um, a couple of times on this podcast, and we probably should do a revisit of that, Michael. In in yes, uh, in a in a shortened version, but th- there are some really great grains of an interesting story. Go on. Um, like Man of War, Man at Arms is. Uh, sorry, Man at Arms is a particularly interesting character in it. He's a grizzled old veteran. I'd watch the shit out of a show between him reconnecting with his daughter and a weird dystopian attorney. Mm. I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd watch the heck out of that. Mm. Um, finding companions along the way, trying to reconcile, you know, the fact that he dedicated his life to a shitty monarchy. He threw him away the second they were emotionally inconvenienced. Mm. Like... It's very interesting. Would ten out of ten would watch again. Liam Cunningham, arguably one of the better voice actors on the entire thing, with a bit of depth, presence, and persona. I um, felt, to be honest, that the voice acting was a little bit weak overall. I'm, yeah, I'm of the I'm of the feeling that get voice actors, not celebrities. Um, he Man is very poor. Uh, Prince Adam and He Man is very poor. You see, I I can actually take He Man. I think He Man's one of the stronger ones because he's very much oh, just wow. doing He Man. And the weird stiltedness yeah, okay. is how He-Man talked. Okay, Whereas so that's fair enough. Lena Headey's not doing any sort of evil Lynn. She's just doing Cersei. Yeah, that's fair. And Liam Cunningham is not doing any sort of man-at-arms. He's just doing Sir Davos. Fair. You know, yeah. they're, they're, um, and I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar is just doing Buffy. A lot of the... Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar is... Poorly cast. A lot of the quips... A lot of the quips and jabs coming out of Tila are... Buffy. She's just, especially the episode where they break into the cult, um, the cult headquarters, and they have a showdown. Yeah. And it's it's Buffy having a showdown with any cult leader. Yeah. So That's yeah, exactly what it I, is. I kind of yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan of the celebrity casting, to be honest. I would have, and I mean, I could not not hear Mark Hamill being the Joker. Yeah, it's just Mark Hamill being the Joker. Yeah. In the Joker. Michael, where do you think it's going to go for part two? Because the, the, I suppose the greatest insult to this, Michael, and feel free to stop me. I will. If you fancy. Yeah. But the greatest insult to this is we're giving Prince Adam back. <laughs> then he gets snapped. Then he gets snapped in <laughs> two seconds. And I don't understand why they did that. Oh, it's so funny. I don't... First of all, I, I disagree, Ben, with your use of the term insult. Because um, I, I I'm not really a believer in... If you don't like or don't agree with the way a particular writer or artist has taken a piece of art, mm. that is an insult to the existing fans. I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory myself. I, as you know, Ben, one of my favorite characters is Thor, and if someone decides <laughs> to write Thor and make him, I don't know what would it, what would I find insulting? Makes him a lady? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm actually quite looking forward to Natalie Portman as Lady Thor. I think that's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. But if they decided to make Thor. A, a child murderer, and Oof. you know, I would go. Oh yeah, don't like that. But it, don't I, love that. Don't like it. Don't want to read it. Have no interest in hearing about it. But it's not an insult to either me or the character. 
I, I think, sorry, I probably should have, I probably should have, I probably chose my words probably. I think it's an insult to the people watching the show. Um, in that it's like, <laughs> like, it's just like, up and down. Yeah, <laughs> like, again, yeah, I, I mean, I get your point. I do understand. And I, like, I understand that writers can insult their viewers' intelligence in certain ways or insult their... But, several ways. Uh, several ways. Case. But I, I don't really agree with the, the concept that... Um, okay. That I, I'm not saying it's good writing. I don't. I don't like it, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not insulted by it, and I don't. I don't really subscribe to the whole concept of, um, it's an insult. But I don't like it. But I am going to watch every every episode of it because. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen the first six myself, so I'm like, well, I'm going to have to watch the second yeah. six now and see if they can pull this out of the bag. Fine, but um, yeah. I mean, it will be interesting to see if they can pull it out of the bag. I, I don't think so <laughs> i don't think they can no, i don't think so and it's what it's bizarre to look at the audience score and the um and so, the so what's critic that like? score the critic score is like flawless 98% um how because it is critics generally currently critics are people critics of pop culture are generally under 40 i would say Okay. Probably in the they're probably mostly your age, okay. And they're excited to see change, and okay. Um, whether or not they have any investment in the original, I I think I don't know why we're criticizing critics now in this in this pop culture podcast. But whether or not they have any no, investment, I'm just curious. In, no, whether or not this is only my opinion, but whether or not they have any investment in the original is fairly irrelevant. What mm. they like to see is oh, they've taken the original and mixed it up. Isn't that exciting? Whereas not necessarily not well, I don't know because you see if you had no interest in the world of Eternia before now and you only went in and only saw this, you might like it. It's been compared to, mm. I thought it was very interestingly compared to the Last Jedi. It is kind of yeah. the Last Jedi of He Man, where they've yep. killed off all of the existing characters and they've established a new, flawless female hero as the lead. Yeah, she hasn't faltered once. Uh, ben, she hasn't her, had a single fumble. Ben, her only in five episodes. Her only flaw is her fear of how powerful she is. Now, I have a certain amount of lingering trust that Kevin Smith might have an interesting twist on the way for us. Um, and not that she's going to turn out to be an incompetent gobshite or anything like that, but that there might be. I mean, obviously, the the twist they're leading us up towards is that she's the sorceress's daughter. Yeah, so that, I think we got quite a bit of that. But, um, you know, I would be surprised at this stage if it were that obvious in the end. It might be something different. Hmm, but because Skeletor's daughter. Uh, possibly. She's just go she's full. Tila Skeletor. Go, <laughs> Tila ni Skeletor. Oh, she's Irish <laughs> and then as at well. The end, and then at the end, she's going to stand just outside Castle Grayskull and an old woman will come up and say, what's your name? Yeah. And she'll say, oh, I'm... Tila Gray Skull. skull. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me then. Wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, fuck it. Look, um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's we're kind of just having a whinge here and I didn't hate it that much That's what either. we do every week. I know, but I yeah. didn't hate it that much either. Like, I did no, watch I every didn't. episode That's and thought thing. it was quite good. 
but it it is quite enjoyable. It's, but it's it's just I'm I'm enjoying it when I'm watching it, and then afterwards I'm going back and thinking about it and going, oh, that's so dumb. That is so dumb and so, so annoying. Fucking dumb. <laughs> See, I found myself doing that while I was watching. I was like, that's so fucking dumb. But sure, look, it's Grant. <laughs> sure, look, um, yeah, sure, look, it's 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 interesting. Um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you thought. Yeah, or don't. Show. You know, if we don't want or, a, if we don't, don't want an absolute shitstorm. So yeah, don't brigade us. Actually, we're Grant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I take that back. Speaking of brigades, Michael. Oh, very good, yeah. <clears throat> how do you feel about the military? Oh, I'm not a big fan, to be honest, Ben. <laughs> yeah, not great. No. Do you know who is a fan? Um, the military-industrial complex, Ben. Yeah, and the MCU. Oh, interesting um, take. So, yeah, look, um, this this week's topic, Michael, is born of um, Reddit, my, my binge on a side of TikTok. TikTok? Um, that, is, that is vehemently against the strange... Um, pro-military, pro-United States agenda of the MCU. All right, Benjamin, you are going to have to, first of all, explain to me exactly what you mean by TikTok. Uh, (laughs) So TikTok, Michael, is a Chinese app that used to be called Musical.ly. And on that app, Michael, you could lip-sync along to songs. Oh, very good. And it gained a wild amount of popularity in the beginning, Michael, uh, because people like to sing and dance around like a bunch of buffoons. But then, Michael, they (laughs) upgraded it. Yeah. Um, and now you can talk about anything you like, Michael, but still, still a lot of lip syncing to songs. Benjamin, do um, they have become, Wayward Son? By um, they probably do, Michael. Okay, we they should do it. They probably do. Um, we, should, we should. We should definitely do one at some point. We'll do a TikTok. Um, but anyway, um, on that, it's, it's a really interesting way of gathering very diverse opinions in, in mini snippets. Um, and one of the ones that got a, a really strong response, Michael, was the recent Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I've seen it. Or the... The Falcon and is it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes, or Falcon. Two those. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Such so just call it Falcon and Winter Soldier. Why would you? Because they're the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's not a Falcon. Yeah, but you're not going to Winter Soldier. Yeah, but you were never going to change it to the Captain America and the the, the Winter Soldier. The, the Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> they're not going to do that. Yes, they are. That's what season two is called. <laughs> they didn't the, do it. The Captain of America and it's the a stupid conceit. I'm never forgiven. Winter. <laughs> Um, the soldier of winter. Um, anyway, sorry. What are you doing? What are you talking about? Um, what they took a look at, Michael, um, and what they took particular issue with is the way the military constantly facilitates Sam's missions. Right. Um, no, you know, no ifs, no buts. He's there. He has his ground support. Um, and at least in the beginning, Michael, um, U.S. agent uh, John Walker sparked huge controversy. Um in the uh, black community in the United States, um, in former veterans of the military in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that, Michael, is that people uh, didn't understand who the character was. Okay. A lot of people thought that they were supposed to root for the new Captain America. Well, Ben, that's because they're idiots. <laughs> yes. Ben, yes. because... But no, hold on. I'm not. I'm not having this. That is because they're idiots. If you make a snap judgment, and this can be very much said for what we've just been discussing about He-Man, which is why we need to wait until the full ten episodes are out before we really can judge it. But if yeah. you are making your value judgments on a character based on their introduction, that's called storytelling. Yes. So anyway, go on. So so, uh, but go on. But this it. But. For the rest of this episode, you have to refer to people who've made a snap judgment based on an introductory episode. You have to refer to them as these dummies. 
All right, fair enough. So these dummies yeah. <clears throat> uh, took great issue with Captain America and said, no, he's for, uh, sorry, John Walker, yeah. and said, no, he's forceful. And for people who are familiar with the comics, they were sitting there going, he's not going to last as Captain. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is not the story being told here, guys. Mm. We're not, this is not the new Captain America. Um, and then um, I suppose some of them felt vindicated by the ending of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and spoilers for a series that came out a couple of months ago. Um, but John Walker kind of gets a mini redemption arc. He gets a little redemption. Yeah, I was surprised by that, to be honest. I was surprised that he got a bit of a redemption. To which people went, that's not earned. Mm. That man is an overzealous uh, paragon of American exceptionalism. Right. Um, but also to his credit, in that whole series, I think he killed one person. Yeah, one dude. Yeah. Pretty heavy-handedly. Pretty heavy-handedly he killed one person. Sam and Bucky killed a lot more. Oh, yeah, they they love it, but they do it quietly. See, They're so great fans of killing people. Yeah, just drop them out. You know, just send a missile from your jetpack to the helicopter. As is Steve Rogers. Yeah, as is Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers, Rogers will kick a man done, off lads. a boat 100 feet into frigid water. He's not getting out of that. Look at that. He's dead, Ben. His back he's is broken dead. and he's in the frigid water. And I don't care he's what you've heard. Water. I'm not a frigid. What? You... <laughs> What's got... miss, what are we talking miss. about? <laughs> Leonard's a frigid. I'm not miss. a frigid. Uh... I've kissed loads of girls. <laughs> what are we talking about? So anyway, this sparked off a whole debate. Yeah. Um... And that brought up a very old debate on the origins of the MCU. Because when this was looked into, Michael, it turns out that a lot of the funding for the the initial two Iron Man films mm-hmm. um, and the Incredible Hulk, that uh, that very early Marvel phase, was all phase. provided by the US military. I thought the funding was provided by Marvel Studios. No, because Marvel Studios didn't wasn't exist. the titan yeah. that we know today, Michael. Also didn't um, exist. Also didn't exist. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the interesting things that we, we ran into, Michael, is that where do they get their funding? And we've talked about this before on the podcast, Michael. We did a little, uh, we, we took a little look at um, US government funding of films that portrayed either um, people from the Middle East or Russian people as uh, terrible people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we've, we've looked at that before. So a lot of that funding, Michael, uh, comes in from been, there. We've also been looked at Chinese funding of films where the Chinese are a grand bunch of lads. Gra- a grand bunch of lads. Yeah. If the Chinese would like to sponsor this podcast, do give, give us a call. Touch, Get yeah. up on the Discord. Ben will drink <laughs> any sort of milk. Any sort. Live Blue on milk. Camera. Um, regular milk. Mm. Um, shark milk. Sharks are uh, not animals, Ben. They don't produce milk. Uh, not shark milk. You know, any kind of milk, really. Um, so... <clears throat> This brought up a very old debate of, um, you know, where does the money uh, come from in Marvel films? And very subtly over the last couple of years, the 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 tone of the United States political debate mm-hmm. and Marvel films has diverged significantly. Go on. So, when we are looking at the initial... Um, when we were looking at the initial Iron Man films, the, the government is not portrayed in a particularly great light. No, because they want they they want um, Tony Stark to hand over his weapons, and he's like, "I won't." But the military, Michael, mm-hmm. is portrayed in a very favorable light. Go on that that initial Iron Man origin story paints 
the soldiers that Tony Stark is traveling with as good old American boys and girls out to serve their country. They're a little bit starstruck by one Anthony Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just doing their best. Uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because they are chilling okay. out with a warmonger. Yeah. They're chilling out with a warmonger and a war profiteer. But you see, that's the danger of having Robert Downey Jr. play your warmonger. Well, because everybody goes, ah. Oh, yeah, but is, is, isn't Robert. that the point? Isn't the point that he was a charismatic, likeable war profiteer? Yes, I suppose it is. Yeah, and um, I mean, that's the lesson he learns in Iron Man 1. Yeah. And you won't see him hanging around with soldiers and slapping them on the back and say, good job invading that foreign country after that fact. No, he probably won't. He's probably just schmoozing for the time. Mm. So, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but, yeah, so the, that's the early days of that where that funding came in. And then... Um, so hold on, what's where? Are there facts and figures behind this that the fig the funding for early Marvel movies ca- comes from the American military? Yeah. Um, so uh, I have them here. Go Michael, on, go I'm on. I'd pre- like to hear. I'm them. prepared for this. So um, I'd like to read you a little bit about the history of Disney's involvement with the U.S. military in the first place. Okay, but the the Marvel movies predate Disney. Those early Marvel movies. So if we can if we can get some oh yeah some okay clarity on that um, first, and then well, we'll I, I have on. I have figures on that yeah, as go well. On, so go hang on, on. Go just, on. Just let me just let me pull up my figures here. You pull those figures um, up for us, Ben. Um, because I'd like I'm interested in hearing this because this is news to me. Um. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let me get the exact figures. You get here. those figures up there for us, Ben. I'll, um, I'll just keep prodding you to get those figures up there. Oh, that's this is excellent podcasting. Uh, some Michael. of the best podcasting I've ever seen, Ben. Have you ever seen um, Ryan George's Ben pitch meeting? It's like that, but if one of the characters wasn't ready. If one of the characters wasn't ready. Of course, Michael, the, the wonderful thing about Ryan George's pitch meetings is um, both actually he him. can edit them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's him. They're both twice. actually him. Yeah, they're both actually him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here are the figures. Where are they? Uh, are they coming? I really hope so. I'm excited for them, to be honest. God damn it. You don't have them. No, no, I'm reading through. I, I do have. Don't you start. <laughs> Don't you start? I don't know. I'd like to see the, see or hear these figures. Um, it's here. I'm not saying that it's not true, Ben. I just I would like to hear some. Well, that's some good because it is true. Okay, good because I'd like um, to hear some facts or figures. I'm trying to get the facts and figures. Will you stop? Even some box office numbers, Ben, would do me. Just any sort of facts and figures. Some this box thing. office numbers. Something. What's um, the population of Guatemala? Even Ben, that would do me. I just want to hear any facts or you figures. Ju- you just want to hear any kind of statistic or figure. Yeah. Okay. Anything, anything you have. Um, so, um, taking a look at this. Um, yeah. Where is it? It's here. I'm just... I'm not... Ben, I can't be quiet. It's me being quiet while you read is the antithesis of podcasting. I have to keep needling you for the enjoyment of the listeners. <laughs> Otherwise, we're just going to go. Now, everybody, please all, be quiet while Ben looks this up. First of all. Yes. First of all. Yes. I think you're doing it for your own enjoyment. Well, yes, I, don't I think am. This that, is also, that is true. So here we go. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> this Guatemala. is the uh, Pentagon production assistant agreements from Iron Man 1 and 2. Very interesting. Um, so the Department of Defense yeah, the um, helps to make Iron Man 1 and 2 um, in two ways. First of all, they provided um, funding from the slush fund that they keep for just such an occasion they right. have a whole um they have a whole docket uh, or they have a whole slush fund designed to allow people um to apply to them to have their film made 
um, and if they like the the kind of ethos of it, mm-hmm. um, they'll go ahead. The other way in which they helped Iron Man make his films is locations and design. Right. So, um, in order to use the U.S. military bases and things like that that you see in Iron Man One mm-hmm. uh, more than Iron Man Two, um, and the jet scenes and things like that, and the Humvees and and the gear, you actually have to go through the U.S. military. Do you? Um, you have to get permission from the U.S. military. Um, Do the U.S. military second, own the rights for what planes are they in? Uh, in Iron Man, are they F sixteen Falcons or F Eagles, or are they F twenty two Raptors? Yeah, so it's CGI F twenty twos. F twenty twos. Now I'm not good at stuff like that. So it's like they had to get express permission, and the Department of Defense um, gave them mm. the specs they would need to design those well in a CGI. But what's, um, what's interesting about that though is they're not ex- they're not shown in a positive light. Iron Man runs rings around them. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think possibly where the huge component is. Hang on, I have it here. All right, go on. Um, Where's it gone? Yeah, um, so the, is it more the actual figures? document is here. I'm just getting the doc. No, like the, the actual official um, document agreements are here. Oh, no. They're gone. Oh, they're gone, Ben. They've been pulled out from under you and redacted. Uh, they haven't been redacted. But anyway, um, so the, the other huge um, part of this is uh, a man called Phil Shrub. Phil Shrub. Um, yeah, Phil Phil Strub, S T R U B. Phil Strub is um, the official Department of Defense script doctor. Oh, um, and censor. Mm. So, anytime Marvel had a draft of the film they wanted to put out, right? Um, they'd have to go through Phil, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and Phil has final say over what is published and what is not published in Um, in regards to the military side of things in regards to the military but because the funding was attached michael yeah he had a lot more say over this particular um over this particular film um and apparently conflicted quite a bit um with john favreau makes sense yeah makes sense what could and couldn't be done um yeah, so um, let's take a look. I'm just going to read this out, Michael. You read it's really it out. easier for me to do it. Um, it as with all production assistance agreements between filmmakers and the Pentagon, whenever script changes were requested and locked in by contract and the film went through the usual process of being screened for DOD officials, um, uh, including Phil Strub before it was allowed to be released. However, it isn't all smooth sailing. Uh, one line during the scene shot at Edwards Air Force Base did not meet with Strub's approval, where a military officer said that people would kill themselves for the opportunities that he has. So according to Strub's, it never got resolved until we were in the middle of fi- uh, filming. Now we're on the flight lines at the Edwards Air Base. Um, there are 200 people and the director, uh, and I are having an argument about this. He's getting redder and redder in the face. I'm just getting annoyed. It's pretty awkward when he said angrily um well how about they'd walk over hot coals i said fine he was so surprised it was that easy okay so there's a lot of um debate on what gets said and what doesn't get said but where phil strub's involvement became even more intense michael mm. is in captain marvel captain marvel captain marvel one of the most so financially the- successful but least popular yeah, Marvel this movies. is really, really interesting. But this is where this is where I have really interesting figures on that, Michael. Okay, good. Um, ready so already, Marvel or has, are we going to have to spend uh, No, they're ready. They're sitting okay, here good. right in front of me. Good, good okay. podcasting. 
Um, so um, in this particular case, Michael, the F-22s are back in play. Yeah. That's um, what Carol um, Danvers, Danvers uh, flies. Um, this is really, really interesting. So um, in this one, yes. there was a little bit of debate. Um, there were a couple of jokes um, about military suicide, apparently, in the original Captain Marvel script. Oh, Interesting. So her her kind of her kind of goose and uh, Top Gun banter with Maria Rambo's mother is Maria Rambo. Uh, you mean? Uh, is, oh, it is Maria Rambo. Sorry, yeah. uh, Monica Rambo is the daughter. My apologies. Um, with Maria Rambo is very much based in like, oh well, what 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 a way to die for your country. You know what I mean? Flying the flying the big guns and stuff like that. Ooh. <laughs> And um, that came up against. Hold Phil's on, hold 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 on. They don't fly F twenty twos, do they? Do they not? No, it's in the nineties. Oh, hang on. Maybe don't they fly F fifteens? No. Hang on. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but that's just. You could that's be just mili- right. Though. Military nitpicking. Strobe was involved with the production of the movie Shuns Transformers. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Great podcast. Um, no, but it is interesting. It it it, it is interesting, right, guys? <laughs> um, it doesn't actually specify um, what they flew, but anyway, one of the things to come out of, um, one of the things to come out of this, Michael, um, is that they saw a huge increase. They look like F-15s, Ben. I can only see the cockpit, but it looks like an F-15. Okay, I'll go with you on this one, Michael. I've I've um. Oh, there she's I've... rubbing an F-16 there. I think they just. Mixed and match whatever they could get, like how there was inexplicably one Harrier jump jet on the on the heli carrier in Avengers mm. because it was left over from filming True Lies. Ah, True Lies! What film? Sorry, go on. What Sorry. film? Sorry, I'll stop. Um, so, Michael, what they saw, um, in what they saw was um, a five-year high in female applicants to the military after Captain Marvel was oh, released. Come on, get out of here. So it does actually work in a subtle, strange way. Um, and they've kind of dubbed it the Captain Marvel effect. Right. And a lot of the women that were signing up said they liked the look of the camaraderie in the military. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> Isn't it the female camaraderie in the, between high-power test pilots? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. All right, isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. Almost like an unrealistic, uh, an unrealistic representation of something um, was used to recruit people into an organization that doesn't really reflect that. Mm. Especially if you look at the uh, the really, really, really dark statistics um, for assault and uh, mental abuse that a lot of female uh, soldiers in the United States suffer from. Sure, look, Ben, um, I, I think it's probably male soldiers get it as well, but men have a history of if you report it, it's because you're a little bitch boy. Ah, that 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 old chestnut. Yeah. Um. Uh, so look, no great fans of the the U.S. military on my bent. I'd say get rid of them. Get rid of them altogether. <laughs> I'd, and I'd say you would. Yeah. Uh, no mucho no me gusta, as they say in non English speaking countries. Benjamin, I see the point of this. Um. Okay. But but I think what's more interesting about it is that. Every film produced in a country is a product of that country's culture. That's fair. And, um, yeah, I mean, praising the military is 
not uniquely American, but it is so oh, it American. Is. <laughs> it is so American. American. <laughs> it's not uniquely American. Other countries thank people for their service. What's particularly interesting about it for me is the way that is seeping into other people's cultures. And especially with the kind of global hegemony of the United States, especially in terms of media. And we the old have, cultural colonialism. You could Okay, I don't want to use that term, but yes, I see what you're saying. I do. Um, but <laughs> you can see young Irish people raised on these movies are starting to believe things like thanking people for their service. Like, are like, they? Yeah, for sure. What? Um, there's, there's certainly, I mean... More and more Irish people are celebrating the 4th of July every year, which is just what, what? insanity. Um, that is insanity. It's it's absolutely bonkers. But, well, it's not insanity either. It's perfectly understandable when you're raised on a diet of here's all of your favourite heroes and villains and putting the aside... The 4th their, of July. The 4th of July, the day of our Independence Day. Um, yeah, but, I mean, when you get a, an American-produced movie that's going to get money from corporations. So corporations are going to be presented as good. And oh, they're a grand bunch of lads. Yeah. Do you remember when Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson made a movie Google, called yeah. The Intern? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, just a Google ad. Google's great. Um, so you're going to get corporations are good. You're going to get consumerism is good and owning stuff is good. And you're going to get the military is good. And men and women are equal in every single way. Um, oh yeah, there's never been an ounce of uh, friction. <laughs> and everything is fine. And that's what you're going to get in American movies. If you want an alternative take on it, watch movies produced in other cultures. Yeah, that's true. That's like, true. Like, um, the people who are complaining about this are also complicit in its existence if they're going to see these movies. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, consuming the culture is rewarding the... The content, I suppose. What have you, um, you got here saying Marvel, Captain Marvel bootlicker? What does that mean? Yeah, because it's just a very pro-military um, shield or a grand bunch of lads. Isn't isn't Samuel L. Jackson a lovely gent? Um, and arguably not. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a shady government organization that's investigating, you know, um, aliens and stuff. Like, it's it's... It's very, you know, the bond of the military is strong and pure. Mm. And Monica Rambeau will never leave me because mm. we have a military bond. But funnily enough, um, Captain America movies are quite anti-war and quite yeah. anti-American secret services. In places. Go on. In places. Remember that the villain of... Um, the villain of... Um, Yes. Captain America and the Winter Soldier is not... The Captain America and the Winter Soldier. The Captain America and the Winter Soldier. The villain of that is not the giant network of super spydom that is keeping tabs on every single human being. It's the nasty Hydra agents that are using it. But the nasty the Hydra agents made it. No, but like it's the whole network of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is... It is on an international level, Michael, a horrific violation of human rights. Yeah, yeah, and the whole point is, it's horrible and it has to go. And Captain no, no, America the whole is point to is go against uh, his government to get okay. rid of it. Okay, fair enough. I, I, but think, the... I mean, Captain America: The Winter Soldier is strongly, strongly anti-big government. Yes, no, it's true. Uh, it's That's strongly true. anti-monitoring and anti-policing. Hmm. I would say. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's an interesting one. It depends on the film. Like, I'd like to get more people on. Do we know anybody who is in the military? In the uh, United States military? In the United States military? I think we know a few casually. I don't know if we know anyone well enough that I'd be willing to insult them by saying... No, I don't want to insult them. Well, I, like I, I think I think we would insult them because I I do not like the term "thank you for your service" because a, you? a lot of the time that service is invading foreign sovereign nations for American interests. And and with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's how our <laughs> podcast was taken um, and just nuked. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's oh, a, man. it's an interesting topic, and I I don't think um, I don't think it is easy to look at the effect of american culture on worldwide on international people because i to be honest ben a storm in a teacup with american redditors being upset about american movies promoting american exceptionalism and i don't really care because we're not american (laughs) i I don't really care like i I, Mm. as long as as long as the marvel movies aren't encouraging Irish people, and you know, I don't really have any great national pride towards Ireland either, as you know. Nope. <laughs> but as long as they're not encouraging Irish people to go and join the American military, it doesn't bother me. That's not to say that couldn't and wouldn't happen. I think it probably has. I think more than a few Irish people throughout the years have watched Top Gun or uh, Rambo or Green Berets. Look uh, at all those Green Berets and gone, I'm going to go and join the, the US Navy SEALs because they're badass. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. 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 I watched a Russian superhero movie on Netflix, Ben, this week. Right. And it was very interesting to watch what it was essentially a Russian attempt at a Marvel movie, but mm. devoid of current American cultural and political influences on it. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, being mm. a Russian movie, it was very much, Ben, police good. Oh, what a grand bunch of lads. The police will come and save us in the end. All we have to do is all abide by the laws and not go in for any of that gross anarchy or corruption and then we'll all be fine. You know, lads, it's better when police officers do cover their badge numbers and hide their faces because, you know, it protects them and their families because well, their families are so pure and good. It didn't go that way, Ben, but you, you get my point right, in ben. that. It was, yeah. it's, it's very interesting to watch a similarly high-budget movie, not, not as high-budget as a Marvel movie, but say as high-budget as a Jamie Foxx has the powers of a, of a gunpowder shrimp. What was oh, that Jesus called? Jesus Christ. Um... P- pill poppers pill, the movie yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> magic power drug movie or uh, that one the crap one with the ml brothers um code five code eight code code eight code f i can't remember the ml brothers have a strong bond <laughs> yeah except they don't um it's we- it's interesting to watch a an international movie ben um mm. and see the same superhero tropes but without the same social political tropes. Oh, what a mess, Michael. Ah, sure, Ben. Look, it isn't that why we're into this whole thing? Because it's interesting to talk about and debate. It is. It is, Michael. Um, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, what are your thoughts on stuff like this? Do we have any American listeners? Do you feel that your culture we, we is We do, being... Ben. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably not little... anymore. Probably not anymore. We didn't mean any offence by it. I mean, I did. look, I did. You, you can just <laughs> fuck's sake. Um, but anyway, we're curious to know. Do you do you agree with this opinion 
um, that you know Marvel might be a little bit propaganda y. Um, and if so, do you uh, do you do, what are your examples, or do you think it's a load of old waffle? Mm. Do you think it's a load of old waffle? Because either one is possible, ladies and gentlemen. Either one is possible, and we'd love to hear from you. Well, Ben. Um, I mean, here's my summary on it, Ben. Some yes. of the Marvel movies are about American soldiers, and therefore they have to be. But not okay. all of them are. Okay. You know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Thor were very much presented as a bureaucratic nuisance to Thor. Nuisance. And uh, in, say, for example, um, Ant-Man. Yeah. Ant-Man is quite an anarchistic and anti kind establishment of, and yeah. oh, big oh, yeah. companies shouldn't steal money from innocent people yeah 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 um, it's so, no good you know you're looking at an oeuvre of 30 films and TV series or something like that so yeah. of course there's going to be a very broad political spectrum of it hmm it's true mm. anyway it's true hey, you wrap but let us, us know there. what you think you there's up. a whole bunch of places that you can get in touch with us. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com It means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on Instagram at Sherlock Shall Listen Podcast. It means Sherlock Shall Listen, but in English. Mm, very good. Um, you can find us, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on Twitter at ListenSure. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, that's really not the engaging, fun quick and snappy way that you should be getting in touch with us if you want a more lively debate with us get up on that discord baby get up on it imagine it's the it. 70s and get up on that discord baby baby um, join us in two in a week's time ladies and gentlemen where we'll be taking a look at flanderization oh are we um, the point where characters just tip over the edge of the tropes that make them funny and become a parody or a, a kind of a, a comic form of their previous selves mm. Interesting. What um, examples are there, Ben? Um, well, the number one example, Michael, was uh, Ned Flanders, for whom it's named after. Mm. Um, in the original um, Simpsons cartoons, Ned Flanders is just a mildly annoying goody-two-shoes neighbor. Mm. Um, and now he's a Christian fundamentalist wh- who's insane. Um, <laughs> other examples would probably be things like uh, the old the old Winchester boys. Mm. Michael, um, I've never seen a more uh, flanderized thing than uh, good old Dean Winchester. Um, Dean Winchester just became a parody of himself. Castiel became a parody of himself. Um, it happens with all characters, Michael. The longer they stay, um, the more writers will probably lean into those established kind of character things that people like. We should probably do a whole episode on it. We probably should, Michael. So we'll do that in a week. All right. Then. All right. Well, I'll look forward to it. All right. That's it. it from us. Ladies and gentlemen, bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye, everybody. Watch out for those complexes. <laughs>